Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello. We're back live in the studio for the first time since last week. <laughs> since last week, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that one. Uh, yeah, we're back. We're here. We're doing it. I think we're just going to jump into some classic click pitch, our standard uh, format. And Trevor, do you want to tell our lovely listeners what that's all about? Click pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us on the count of three to one. We're going to click refresh. We're going to get those words. We're going to throw them at each other, come up with a game design, then throw it away and start all over again. Yeah. We skip leg day. All arm work. Throwing. Catching. No kicking. Don't kick these words. All right. Three to well, one. We kick them to the curb if if we don't. We like kick them to the curb. That's true. We do get a well-rounded workout uh, with all the curb kicking. Yeah. Electric. Snowshoe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Now, while the obvious one is some sort of device, I think this is the name of something like a band or like a high school debate club. I don't know. Something. Electric snowshoe. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just seeing like how cool it would be to be in like a blizzard and trying to, you know, reconnect up the electrics and and that sort of stuff again. <laughs> like I, I can sort of see that as, as almost like a. Um, so it's a wiring game. Yeah, it's a it's a maintenance game where you're a you're a maintenance person for. Oh, for so it's not the snowshoe scientists. itself that's electric. No. Necessarily. So you're you're a maintenance guy trudging through snow trying to trying to connect up all the all the electrics between this observation station down in the Arctic. All right, that's pretty cool. Or Antarctic. Let it be known that Electric Snowshoe is a cool name for a group. Somebody take that. But let's make this snowy electrician guy. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, okay, because I kind of like the it's almost a horror game. Or at least a, a thriller. Because you've got some tension around, yeah, having to trudge through the snow on snowshoes and- While carrying a live wire. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the, like, vignettes. That's one of the scenes. Uh, and, and so, narratively, I assume you're kind of discovering what's going on here as you, you know, connect this stuff up. Yeah, I'm kind of- I'm kind of thinking almost like if you remember, uh, like I think it was, was it Lost Planet or was it something else that was that was set on like ah uh, yeah um yeah I think it was Lost Planet yeah yep. set on like the an icy sort of planet that mm. you you had some survival aspects. I kind of like the idea that there's like the frostbite. You know how they've got a frostbite oh, okay. engine, but yeah. the difference oh, is right. in this case frostbite is actually. You know, something that you that you <laughs> so we build it on having. the frostbite engine and implement actual frostbite. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do like I do like putting some survival aspects in there. That kind of adds to to that in a certain way. So you've kind of I guess you've sort of got missions. I'm I'm picturing this maybe like 70s era tech. Yep. So it's not like modern electronics as such. Yeah, sort of sort of turn of the um. Turn of the seventies to eighties, um, yeah, sort of tech, yeah. So that you can do things, so that you can have some some things where you like, 
it's not just elect- electronics, it's like telephony stuff. Yep. Uh, so you can be like hooking up- um, Hooking up the Morse code. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and having to translate some things and uh, and that can be another vector for, you know, narrative yep. movement that we can bring into it. You've, you've got like this big heavy radio that you to sort of like carry the battery along with. <laughs> Yeah, well, I definitely- So, okay, where where does the danger come from? Obviously, there's the survival aspect. Mm-hmm. So, there's some level of heat, like warmth management, uh, food management. Are you- Is this kind of a Firewatch-esque situation where you're stationed up here? And yeah. so, you've got to kind of ration things. I think, I think and- you're sort of stationed up here. Um, you're not really in the same- area is like the observatory or whatever it is that you're that you're mm. looking after you sort of set maybe two miles away um yeah you're like at some sort of substation yeah and so the only way that you're you're hearing stuff about what's going on is through the radio and that sort of stuff so you um yeah they're sort of like oh we need you to we need you to flip the breakers here so that we we can get some extra power for this section and and yeah. so you're, you're sort of on your own and and having to deal with, you know, things that go yeah. bump in the night sort of thing. and Well, and I like that idea, similar to Firewatch, again, you know, you can have some scenes where you you think you see someone through the snowfall, you know, just a, a, a an outline of a of a human. Yeah. But, you know, if you if you, never, if you chase them, you they get away from you. And, and I don't know, do we bring in kind of supernatural elements? I feel a little bit of like a- I don't know. Well, I get a JJ Abrams feel. Yeah, I I, I do like a, a good a good supernatural element that doesn't necessar- necessarily have to actually be there. You can always be within within the mind. You know, the your mind plays yeah, tricks. Yeah, yeah, you on don't you. have to necessarily prove it to be to be true. Yeah. If you take it from his perspective. I guess it depends on yeah, if you just I guess it's not there's no attack, there's no combat. It's just it's tension and narrative. I kind of like the idea of having, like, a very basic melee system, but you don't necessarily have to use it, like, within within the game sort of thing. Like, it's there, so you've always got the threat of something happening. So, you can, like, <laughs> swing a wrench I, or whatever. Well, yeah, I like the idea of putting combat mechanics in the game, and but it's literally a mindfuck, as in, in that there is nothing to ever attack in the whole game. <laughs> but just, but, just but having- you know, you can, like a, kind of, That's kind of a meta- uh, a, a meta narrative thing there, where just the the player knowing that they have this melee attack puts them in a, in a certain state of mind. Yeah, and they can you know knock a barrel out of the way, and they can they can yeah, use yeah, it on yeah, the yeah. environment, physics stuff. But yeah. um, the idea that it's it's always there as as like, and it's it's sort of set at the start. <laughs> you, put, you put a cold combo system in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all these attacks. <laughs> You, you know, the tutorial teaches you. And- <laughs> but the whole thing is, it's, it's all about just knocking barrels out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's only ever used for physics puzzles. <laughs> I, just I'm, some, like, I'm just imagining that- airdrop attack. I'm just imagining that, like, um, you're getting, like, juggle combos for keeping the barrel up in the air. <laughs> and all this yeah. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's full on, like, Devil May Cry style combo meter. <laughs> Using your electric cable as a lasso. Yep, I love it. I love it a lot. <laughs> All right, let's throw it away. Three to one click. 
Oh, this is uh, appropriate. Tonsillectomy. <laughs> Literal. <laughs> My son was just in the hospital. Not, not. He didn't end up needing a tonsillectomy, but uh, he was there for a few days because of his tonsils. Mm-hmm. Literal tonsillectomy. Yep. So it, it's a game where you're in VR doing a tonsillectomy, but you're literally controlling a robot that's actually doing a tonsillectomy on someone. <laughs> <laughs> like in the real world. In the real world. <laughs> it's like an Ender's Game thing where they send this game out and little do you know you're actually performing tonsillectomies. And heart surgeries and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, you depends what level you get to, for the, sure. The whole thing was shut down very quickly when they realised that <laughs> all these gamers out there are really shit surgeons. <laughs> I love this idea, though, actually. Like- I know you were making a joke for that being in the real world, but you could make a game where you start off playing this Surgeon Simulator style game, but obviously a bit more realistic. And then, yeah, you find out, like you see on the news, like, you know, engineer surgeon develops, uh, you know, a foolproof uh, robot surgeon that that never, like, that can make decisions on the fly Mm -hmm. and- and, yeah, you find out, a, you know, you start realising, wait a second, I performed a heart surgery yesterday flawlessly, that exact surgery with those exact complications. What's going on here? <laughs> and then that's the start of the actual rest of the game. Yeah, that's that's kind of creepy, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's a game. It's fine. I kind of- I'm, I'm almost picturing it as- and, and not with this same conceit of being in the TV, but duck season, mm-hmm. we've got the little story bits where you come out, like, just in between. So, yeah, it's a VR game. You, I mean, I guess it kind of is a bit like, I guess it is a, is a bit like duck season. Maybe within the game, it's the kind of VR within VR sort of thing. So, it's a VR game, but then in the game, you put your VR headset on to do this surgery, and then you come out, and then you're in the real world. Uh, and that's where you're kind of finding out about all this stuff. But the game, the only gameplay is this surgery. Yep. Except maybe late, late in the game where you have to perform an actual surgery. <laughs> <laughs> like on your sister or something. Oh, God. I'm going to throw that one away. Three, two, one, quick. All right. Yeah, I can see. You're not feeling it. No. Nah. Inflammable. Junction. An inflammable junction. All right. My mind went immediately to some sort of fire-based puzzle game. Okay. Um, Maybe, like, laying fuel of some sort down to create trails. Do you know what I mean? Like- Yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh. My mind has just sort of gone to, like, a, a Celeste-style, like, platformer. Oh, okay. With- um. Basically, you play like a, a little ember running around, setting right. fire to yeah to um to like a a forest sort of thing. I not yeah. I don't really care where where junctions coming in because I'm liking this idea at the moment. Um, That's fine. Well, I like the idea of you're manipulating the environment, obviously. So setting fire to something means you can maybe travel through travel along the path of that fire, right? Yep. Uh, because you're an ember, you just kind of are consumed by it and then come out the other uh, the other side. Yeah. 
so, you know, you need to get up a ledge. There's a vine. Set the vine on fire. You can you can get up there. Yeah. But maybe there's some timing aspects of, like, you know, some things stay burning for longer. Some things won't catch unless you, you know, have an accelerant or dry them out first. Yep. Or, yeah. Yeah. What, what I do kind of like is that, that thing of in order to not get consumed by the rest of the fire, you know, you're, you're this one ember. You want to- yep. You're trying to- keep ahead of the fire while also, you know, sit adding extra bits to the fire itself. So, there's no real backtracking in this. It's more, you know, keeping ahead of the main fire itself while also spreading the fire itself. Oh, I see. You're on, like, the front. The fire front. Yeah. And I'm imagining when you get to the end of- when you get to the end of a level, you know, yeah, the, um, it just like cons- comes across, consumes everything, and, and then and then your um your ember gets blown across into a new level, sort of thing, and then it starts all over again, and you're basically s- starting off with this small fire, but by the time that you get to the end of the level, there's this big raging thing happening behind you. Yeah, yeah. So you're thinking two D. Yeah, I'm definitely thinking two D. Yeah, um, I, I do like those sort of Super Meat Boy. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, a, a challenging uh, puzzle platformer, basically. Yeah. Maybe on the on the slightly easier side. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, I do like the puzzle space that we've got there. So, how can you- how does this ember interact with the world, then? Obviously, it can- it, is it just if it touches certain things, it will set them alight, if they're basically in the right state? Yeah, I, I'm sort of- I'm sort of thinking that- um, you know, this ember sort of continues along as it's running. It basically leaves a trail of fire behind. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if say, you're in a, a typical Super Meat Boy sort of world where you, you run and jump up, jump against, like, a wall or something like that, you know, you're yeah. going gonna to have a trail of fire leading behind you. But, of course, if, yeah. as that starts coming from behind, you know, it starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You don't well, want to- Well, does but it, does it depend on the fuel, though? Like, because I'm, I'm kind of more picturing, yes, you're dropping flames everywhere, but for the most part, the fuel isn't there, like, and they just go out, your little your little drops of, of fire. Uh, but if you, yeah, like, if you come up to that vine and, and like, jump on the vine, then it, it sets it on fire and starts, you know, climbing, the fire starts consuming the vine up and up the vine, and that lets you, uh, like, get to the top of that ledge, mm-hmm. um, because you can basically ride the flame up. Ooh. But are you picturing kind of- Ooh, I just had an idea. Um, take, yeah. Still taking it in this sort of way, but you start out as a small ember and kind of mm. Katamari Damacy-like. You start off on, like, this small area of this small part of the puzzle, you know, doing doing these um, intricate jumps and that, that sort of stuff. But as you grow yep. bigger, like, the, the level's slightly changing and, you know, you're sort of seeing the bigger picture of the level and you- and basically, you're you're seeing, and now you're like a larger, a larger flame. Until finally, you know, you're flame. still the same size on the screen, but you know, you're you're mm. in a different, you know, the level has now, sort of thing. you know, expanded to the point that yeah. now you're actually running on full branches, sort of thing, and you know, you're no longer running, you know, along individual leaves. You're you're yeah. sort of jumping between branches of trees and stuff, setting them on fire as you go. Yeah. <laughs> so is a lot of this around. Small sections where you have to have precision platforming because everything's burning behind you. Is that kind of what you're thinking? 
Yeah, definitely. And and I do like the idea of of having some sort of like there are there's new trees that aren't going to set on fire as quickly. So you you've maybe got more time to sort of play Yeah, well that's what I was kind of thinking about the fuel aspect because I I was thinking of things where you could be like okay, there's uh you know, a pile of dry leaves up there, but well, no, like there's a branch up there and, and there's a fuel can or something, whatever, like on top of it. Mm-hmm. So, if I burn the branch, then the fuel can's going to fall and, and explode and splatter everything around it, which is good because I need that accelerant to to burn through, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know, something, the bamboo door or whatever, like something that doesn't just catch a light but yep. needs that added, um, that added boost of the fuel. But I'm also thinking that, you know, if if you're getting hit by hit by that stream of water there, then if depending on how big your your ember is, you know, depends mm-hmm. on whether um, a single drop is gonna is gonna totally put you out and that's the end of the level, or you're a bit bigger, so you could take you know, you could take you know, well, half actually, a second that's in interesting. The water. Yeah, well, and I wonder if that's even a strategy of. Uh, you have to douse yourself to a certain degree to become smaller again, to do like to get into or to yeah to navigate a certain space. Yeah, there's some cool stuff there. I do like that puzzle space. I like yep. the idea of manipulating a level by by burning things and and and, and irre- irrevocably changing them until you like die and start the level again. Obviously, but yeah, sort of a, everything's one one way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Three, two, one, click. Three, two, one, click. Domicile. Trading. Trading domicile. Okay. Is is this some sort of reality TV parody around house swapping? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that, or I was also thinking about what if it was a Sims game? So, you, you start off, you know, setting up your house and that sort of stuff. But then, at random intervals, it just trades with someone else, and now you're dealing with <laughs> what their house looks with like. Their shit. Are you dealing with their family as well, or your family gets moved into their house? Maybe they're different modes. <laughs> so sometimes you're dealing with their family, so you got to deal with, oh look, this this um, you know their daughter is um, setting fires all over the place. Now we've got to deal with that. And then all of a sudden, just as you just as you sort of getting to the end of that, oh, you just traded with someone else again, and and now you're dealing with um, their son has like is a chronic masturbator or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the mechanism for dealing with these things? I don't know. <laughs> all right, so I'm kind of I'm, I kind of like I, I unpacking like- where you. <laughs> You can just put shit in people's rooms. <laughs> well, I, I like the idea of I'm thinking maybe a mobile game. So you might like you're on the train and you get an alert of like, hey, you've got a new house. And, you know, before you might have built up this this family that you had, you know, a family of five and they were doing really well. And then you, the, you, you check the new house and it's like a one bedroom something and your five person family has to fit into it. Yep. And so now it's like, okay, new challenge. You know, you have to start making decisions like, all right, the oldest kid is going off to boarding school and 
um, <laughs> you know, these people are sharing bed. Like, you you have to kind of rearrange. Yeah, like, you've got the Sims sort of thing. Uh, maybe not as- I'm th- thinking not quite as in-depth as the Sims stuff, but more just- more of a casual mobile game where, based on how you set up the house, mm-hmm. you make money over time, right? You Based on your job and you, and it affects, like, okay, if there's factors so that if you- you know, you do have a lot of people crowded into a small space or, or, you know, this person doesn't actually have a bed to sleep in, then- their their needs are going to change over time, but it's over like a day. Okay. Um, so it's a bit more of an idle, kind of an idle game. Okay. In a sense. That's cool. But it comes down to, yeah, like manipulating the environment. And then once you see like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of getting on top of this. And then you just get into a completely new house <laughs> randomly. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, fuck. I, ju- I just got my family, family all, maybe all well maybe alternates. And now it's, yeah. now it's a new thing. Um, I did have another idea and it takes us back to the, um, to the old, well, I say old, but there was a game that we came up with, with like anthropomorphic houses. Uh, if you remember. Yes, the, f- the flesh. The flesh house. Yep. Flesh um, houses. So, okay. set in that same universe, and it's basically where the flesh houses are literally trading members of the family with other people to sort of build <laughs> build the best family they can. <laughs> so, okay, so this is it's like, like a deck builder. This is the dystopian future, <laughs> at least for humans. After because because the for a refresher to those who may not have listened to. The Flesh House episode, and it, it, we should have called it Flesh House. I can't remember what we did call. It. Uh, this was this was a world where little did we know, but these new, smart, amazing houses were sentient creatures that were literally being grown in molds, basically, yeah, to uh, into the shape of houses for people to live in, uh, and were basically being enslaved. Maybe this is a future where they've taken back their freedom and now they have, in turn, enslaved humans to a certain degree but and forced them to live in themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, there are aspects of trading. <laughs> I just I just had this image of, of, like, a deck builder. But, you know, or, yeah. or sort of like, um, oh, what was the game that we were talking about where you- where you- it was in the PAX episode that I that I literally just edited it on the weekend, um, where you had to like discard as many cards as you wanted. Well, <laughs> you know, the, right. the idea of discarding discarding uh, family members just okay. just to right. build a better I like family. This, I like the idea of a deck builder where you play as a flesh house. Yep, your cards are are all either members of the family or like attributes or something. Yeah. Uh, of, of yourself, perhaps. And, and then, yeah, as, as you play through the game, you can do things like grow a new bedroom <laughs> off your side. <laughs> and that lets you like hold more cards in your hand at once or whatever. Like you've got different ways you can, you can alter yourself and grow. Yeah. Uh, which affects, yeah, like how many cards you can play in a turn because you like pump up your, your cardio system or something and. Yeah, yeah, you can you can carry hold more cards because you uh, you grew a bedroom wing. <laughs> it's just I'm, I'm remembering too much about that that flesh house thing, and I'm pretty sure we made the 
made the mistake of of picturing them having sex. So, <laughs> well, if we didn't, then we have now. Yep. Three, two, one, click. Dessert. Horizon. So, are you sure it's dessert <laughs> or not desert? <laughs> no, it's dessert. Horizon zero dessert. Uh, <laughs> the dessert horizon. Oh, I'm just imagining now. It's set on this alien world that, as far as humans are concerned, like this whole world is just deserts, as in yeah. you know you're like in the Pavlovian desert sort of thing, <laughs> and just. Fucking meringue, this mer- desert of meringue. Yeah, just it's not a very good pa- uh, pavlova. There's not, there's no cream to be found. They're in a well, there is. You've got to dig down for it. Like it's, it's like an upside down um, right. pavlova. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm just loving this, this whole idea of, of this like open world set on like this. Yeah, sugar, I can go. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. So, uh, you're you're a human though. You've landed on this planet. Yeah, yeah. I- and what are the local denizens like? Are they also sugary? Yeah, I, I think treats. Have you ever seen um, Adventure Time? I have. Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot seen of there's some? a lot of like lolly. Yeah. Um, you know, gumdrop people and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Princess Bubblegum, as it were. Yeah, I kind of like the idea that it's kind of like that, but not obviously Adventure Time, but it's- it's. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not licensing it. No. Uh, okay. This is- this is a more- this is a more serious game anyway. This is like realistic, you know, graphics. Those graphics things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know everything's ray traced, and um, you really need. Yeah, that. the textures on the ice cream mountains are you, just. You really to need die that twenty eighty to be able to do this. But the problem is, like, you don't want to get struck in the treacle swamp because you know you're never going to get out of that that shit. Yeah, so we're sort of talking a mix between like Adventure Time, um, Wreck It Ralph, like the Sugar Rush world. Yep. Uh, and, and but but a bit grittier, yeah. But a bit, this is, a this bit is more, a, you know, um, kind of like so a we're planet of the like sort action of adventure. Yeah, I'm thinking that you've shipwrecked on this on this planet. Yep. And when you first got there, you started like eating eating, eating things, you know, lollies and that sort of stuff until you realised that you're actually eating, you know, the the citizens of this world, sentient creatures. And then and they now, lock you're, you up. now you're on the run, sort of thing. You know, I love the idea that they, like, the intro is all that happening. They lock you up, and then they leave you. And then the first thing you do is just like chew through the pretzel stick bars uh, of off the, the gingerbread cage that you're in. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a bit of bit of savory there, and then um, yeah, and then you're on the run, and it's this epic. Epic adventure through, uh, yeah, through uh, sweet planet, sweet stuff. Uh, sucrose, sucrosia. Oh, God. <laughs> do you, <laughs> do you uh, befriend a local who becomes your companion? Yeah, and I think they're from a rival faction. They're, they're like- um, part of the like the fructose people, so you got 
the difference between <laughs> sucrose and fructose sort of um, happening. Okay. Um, I don't know enough about chemistry to know what difference that would actually make to what these no, I'm, I'm thinking that the like. fructose people people are, you know, primarily like fruits and stuff like that and and they're, you know, sort of like the healthy alternatives. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, yes, they both come from sugarcane and stuff, though, is what I'm seeing here. That's fine. We don't have to go all sciencey on it. Yeah, doesn't matter. As long as the villain is high fructose corn, corn syrup, then we <laughs> then we know that you know. Well, the villain is is melting people down into high fructose corn syrup. And exporting it to Earth. I'm, I'm picturing that, like, the villain is actually a piece of chocolate or something like that. But it's all, yeah. or is the most disgusting thing in the world, licorice. <laughs> it's licorice. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely licorice. Shunned from birth, has a chip on their shoulder for all these sugary treats. Yeah. And it's, I'm it's not that sure. dodgy Dutch shit too, so it's, um, <laughs> you know, extremely salty and, and no one actually likes yeah. it. <laughs> I'm not sure how deep we want to go into- Because who, who actually eats these, like, do they get eaten? Because um, we're talking about, like, they know- Like, he knows that he's not tasty, but to who- Oh, it's just, it's just the, you know, the, um... It's just a general sense, like... Just like a general we, sense like, of, you Like, know. we know if someone's attractive, generally, there's, a, like, a general sense of attract attractiveness. Yes. In this world, there's just a general sense of deliciousness. Yeah. Okay. As in, you know, we, we can we can very, very simply see that, you know, the gumdrop pe- um, people are, are, you know, they're oh, like sugary frosted and, sugar and, yeah. and look awesome to eat and... You know, the although Dutch I kind of do like the idea like that really, really, really like horrible. You you see dust actually on it, and you know, like Ugh. dust bunnies stuck to it, and and like a band aid oh, and all gross. that sort of stuff. It's all stuff that you you go, oh yeah, I really don't want to eat that. <laughs> I I do like the idea that in this world, when whenever you meet a new person, you just lick them. <laughs> Like, because that's actually how you tell, like, how much you're attracted to someone or or how how tasty they are. It's just you give, like, like you kind of do a little kiss on the cheek here. You just <laughs> just give him a little. God, mm, I like you. <laughs> Might take another. It's sort of like a, a kiss on the hand, and you just turns into like this big lick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoop, up to the elbow. Uh, <laughs> so, you play a human, though. So, you play yeah. a human. Is it that you are on a mission? Like, is this your? Is this the human source of high fructose corn syrup? Okay, so, uh, so what I picture- But you, you've only ever traded in, like, orbit around the planet. Yeah, what I picture that you're playing is, is like, you're playing a character that- uh, all, all you see is, like, his surname is Bucket. It's C. Bucket. Okay. I'm not sure whether you've got my reference yet, but I'll- No, continue. We'll oh, going. yes, now I have. <laughs> yes, yes. Gotcha, um, gotcha, so, gotcha. Um, yep. He got shipwrecked and the whole thing being- Whether we, you know, necessarily go down this, this whole route of- Yeah, or if it's just in- 
An Easter egg. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like the idea that, you know, he's got marooned on this place many, many years after his previous adventures with a certain other character who shall be unnamed in this in this yeah. reference. Um, you just see WW yeah. in, a, in a few places, like, in, on correspondence. Yeah, and, and, you know, he's got a locket around his neck and it's got, like, um, just a note in there saying, you know, something from- The factory is yours. Something from Grandpa or something like that. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Grandpa Joe. Um so, yes, it's Willy Wonka. Um, I hope everybody got that by now. In <laughs> <laughs> way, I just think, yes, yeah. you know, it's the perfect thing of, you know, he was he was traveling the world, uh, traveling the universe in like the Great Glass Elevator, and um, got marooned when you know there was a there was a crack. So the whole idea is that you're now trying to find like some sort of silica to actually create new glass. Um, for the Great Glass Elevator, so you can actually head off. But, of course, everything is just sugar on this world. I thought you were only making it, like, a reference. He's literally, he's just flying in a, in a glass elevator. Yeah, well, it's, you know... <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be a Great Glass Elevator. It just... The, the glass on this particular ship I think, has broken. I think, you, I think you make... You allude to that. I think at this point he's just a grizzled old space... Traveler, like because of the his great glass uh, elevator adventures, uh, humanity went to space, discovered new life forms, mm-hmm. and has now set up a trade agreement with Sucrosia for high fructose corn syrup by the shipful. Yeah, and you've this is this is sea buckets fall from grace. You know, Chuck Bucket. Chuck Bucket. <laughs> oh, that doesn't work. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Just, his, his name is Chuck the entire game. And then yeah. right then at the end, you actually see that it was actually, you know, Bucket. Charles. Charles Bucket. Charles B. Ch- Charles F. Bucket. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then you realise Chuck Bucket. Oh. oh. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> so... He's just on a he's just on a track. He's just he's basically a long haul ship driver, right? But something happens, mm-hmm. and the ship crashes, and he gets in an escape pod, uh, and 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 crash lands on the planet, and yep. then it's then it kicks off, and he's just like, "Am I back in the factory? Everything's edible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a chocolate river." <laughs> <laughs> and you, you're edible, but that's that's sometimes called cannibalism. Yeah, it turns out it's all in his head, and like he just ate his crew members. <laughs> you just see there's oompa loompas like strewn about everywhere with like big bites <laughs> taken out of them. <laughs> the oompa loompa killing fields. <laughs> oh god! All right, three to one click. <laughs> Stimulate. Pamphlet. <laughs> no. Okay. I've, I've, <laughs> I, uh, okay. I mean, the, go, the go. only thing I, I'm sort of thinking of is this is like um, Jackbox's new game for, for like Jackbox Party Pack 7. Um, okay. In that you're, 
you're just going off against each other doing sort of like some similar to the to the t-shirt sort of thing yeah um yep you're basically like creating making like pamphlets. stimulating um advertisements and based off of props mm. so mm. okay i like that i like that that's cool so let's 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 do a deep dive on how that would work so every, obviously jackbox game everybody's on their phone yep so is this a is this similar to the t-shirt one is this like draw something and then somebody writes like an advertising slogan yeah. or is do you have to is it that you blindly write an ad- advertising slogan or do you have to write a slogan for like maybe it's everybody draws something and then it goes through them all and everybody has to write an advertising slogan for it yep and then and people then vote the best and then, yeah, then you vote on which ones you like. And then, you know, you you get to sort of, in the next round, then, okay, you've got to come up with something else that- um, That fits the slogan. That sort of fits, fits the slogan. And then you get a final thing of sort of setting up the, the front and the back of the pamphlet sort of thing. Where- Yeah, you've got- Maybe you can- uh, I kind of like the idea of a little- Because you want them- and maybe this isn't maybe this even isn't a an actual drawing one. It's more of a you've got a template on your phone where you can sort of just um, select it and then choose different backgrounds and then different font like maybe fonts or different pictures, you know, clip art kind of things, photos. Yep. Um, and there's a large enough range that yeah, you can just mix and match the front and back of this pamphlet, and and but it gets filled in with somebody else's. Um, the slogan or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. that's cool. I do like that. All right, having having played a lot of Jackbox, it's it's kind of oh, I love Jackbox. Well, here, here, let's do a thing because that was pretty quick. Let's click again, but the next one is the next game in Jackbox Party Pack Seven. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, <laughs> Mame. falling. <laughs> okay. See, that's tricky because that, that, like, I think of action, that seems action-ish, but the whole thing with Jackbox games is really, it's sort of, uh... Okay, okay, okay. Turn-based stuff. Okay. Yep. So, there is a... It's another drawing game. You have okay. a person at the very top uh, who's who's basically going to fall and land somewhere and be totally maimed. Your okay. whole, Your whole idea is to, like draw a safe path for for them to, to sort of land. But oh. you've got one oh. person who's able to sort of like mess around with that and basically try to kill kill the person. Um I'm kind of thinking Oh well I wonder oh, I wonder if it's that you've got a but like each person has like a, a a parasailor or like someone who's jumped out of a plane is parachuting down. Mm-hmm. And yeah like there are paths through this this viciously dangerous area and so you, on your phone, draw the path that you are going to attempt to take. But, of course, you don't know what path the others are going to take. Yep. And so, as as you go through certain sections, you might, like, set off traps behind you or just collide with the other person. Yeah. Uh, and so, it's kind of you- everyone plans their path and then you just watch the chaos. I mean, there's, there's no reason why you couldn't even bring in some almost the ultimate chicken horse uh, mechanics in of- each round, you get one thing that you can place down, and your um, your whole idea is to is to make sure that your character is getting all the way down safely while yeah. killing everyone else's. Yeah, but I like the idea that it's it's maybe it's part of your 
drop in that you still have to plan it out ahead of time. Yep. So, you've basically got, okay, you get to choose from one of these three items to take with you. And then it's like, all right, I'm going to, you know, you draw your line. You draw your line down. I'm dropping down here. I'm dropping down here. And it's like, okay, this is the spot that I'm going to, like, set off that thing or, or put that thing so that my, my the stra- like, the strategy for my next two paratroopers, para like, they're going to have a, a benefit, you know? Okay. So, I like the fact that you all you can see on your own thing is where you've put traps and where you've- You've drawn things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that'll work really well. And then it plays out. Then it plays out in front of you and it's like, oh, shit, they put a, you know- They put a fan right where I was coming down. It was like- Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's just screwed up my whole plan because- But now you know. It's like, okay, well, now next time I know there's a fan here. I can use that to my advantage because it, like, speeds me up or something or, you know, it's going to bring me over to this side of the map and then I'm going to drop this. What actually happened is they- is they use their dynamite to actually blow that up and then, you know, caused. <laughs> so you've, you've just gone into someone else's thing that, that you weren't expecting. You yeah. Know, the, well, the I think you can cross over. I think you can, de- yeah, I think you could definitely like cross over each other and just run into each other if you plan your paths um, through each other. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and maybe you maybe you guy maybe your, your paratroop is just like attack each other if they're close enough like automatically <laughs> just start kicking out. <laughs> so you can actually <laughs> instead of placing down something you can maybe hand one of them a, mach- a machete so they can actually you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, then you're then you're intentionally trying to cross over with other people because you've actually got a weapon to, you know, cut their fucking ropes or something. Yeah. We'll just kill them. Yeah, I like that. That's interesting. I, I I love that idea of setting the path through yeah, uh, and I don't know if you'd actually draw a line. You might have to just have like specific nodes in the level that it's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna aim this direction. But yeah, at each node you can you can choose to you know use your your item or different things you can do. Maybe even speed up, slow down, um, to sort of second guess what other people might do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. It is. It reminds me of uh, <laughs> there was a game Robo Sport. It was a Maxis game. I don't remember it, so. It, it was- There's been- There have been other games like it. Well, kind of like that Frozen Synapse as well. Um, where you're blindly- You're blindly setting out the path of your troops. Yep. Um, without knowing what, you know, what the other people are doing. And then it all plays out at once. Funny story about Robosport is my dad and I still have an, an, a running joke because he chose to buy Robosport for our- uh, annual Christmas video game, mm-hmm. which you know, back in back in the day when it was a huge treat to get a Christmas uh, a new game on Christmas, uh, and he chose Robosport over Star Control Two, and I was pretty pissed because <laughs> Robosport was terrible and did not run very well at all. <laughs> <laughs> and Star Control Two was freaking amazing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Three, two, one, click. We won't. We won't go the Jackbox again, unless no, it unless you know, it really works. lends itself. Panther, <laughs> silicon, silicon panther. Ooh, this is another name of like a band or something. <laughs> silicon panther. They're all dressed up in like latex or something. I feel like what, you know, <laughs> black, black latex. 
I, I'm I, I'm now thinking Silicon Panther is like the name of like a superhero in like the 1990s oh, okay. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, maybe like when you no know, silicon uh, microchips or whatever. Yeah. So like in, when it's sort of the turn of the century, uh, 1990s to 2000, that you know, in Silicon Valley, this yeah 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 this awesome scientist. I'm trying to think of her name. Uh, she's working on, you know, these microchips and, you know, at the same time of, of you know, drinking, I don't know, some, some sort of sports drink that has something to do with Panther. She, she there's, <laughs> there's like this massive uh, accident and she gets sort of like combined into- Ooh, a classic 80s style, just like spilled some c- Coke on the computer and now I'm a superhero. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, I like it. She has, like, the power to, like, control microchips as well as, like, the speed of a panther. <laughs> okay. I can I can get behind that. We're inventing a new superhero uh, for this game. And we're telling her story and her adventures. So, what sort of game yep. are we thinking? Are we going kind of classic modern superhero sort of 3D, you know, beat-em-up traversal game or- are we going a bit more narrative with it and making like a point and click or a something else or a slower, you know, slower adventure game? A slower adventure game in VR. Because I don't know, Ooh, I like VR, the idea of being okay. able to like control electronics and stuff from within VR and, and feel yeah. all super powerful. That could be cool. I, I'm, I'm just picturing like, you know, pointing at something, you know, like a fucking, uh, the first thing that came to mind was just a little RC car. Um, but, like, you know, you point at it, you pull the grip so that you kind of make your connection to it. And then as you rotate your hand, like, that's controlling it. Yeah. Um, and you can have that going on, like, two things at once. So, you can be doing, you know, one with one hand and one with the other and it's independent controls and stuff. Oh, yeah. And you got sort of, like, tilt it forward to move forward and tilt it back to go back sort of thing. So, you, you're having to control it there, but you've also grabbed hold of, um, I'm thinking, like, a massive- um, crane off in the distance. Yeah. <laughs> You're rotating around to turn and all this sort of stuff and, you know, tilting down to drop the, drop the massive wrecking ball and you just get here. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think creating some somewhat natural controls there for, yeah, yeah, with the in, with the VR controllers, but having that flexibility of, okay, well, I'm just going to let go. You know, you just let go of the grip, all right, I'm not controlling that anymore, and then I'm controlling something else. And so you can really sort of orchestrate these situations. You're sneaking through the the bad guy's village and, oh, yeah, I'm- Yeah, I I mistakenly said village, but I'm going to go with it. You you see the security cameras up there, you you take control of it, move it out of the way, you sneak past, and then you let go and (laughs) keep on going. You know. Yeah, actually, and that's cool. Like when that becomes second, you know, second nature to just like, and I think maybe you get sort of little highlights. You can see things that are that are microchip controlled um, in in a different, you know, they light up or something. Yeah, in your vision. I, I'm thinking in like a cutscene, she like controls a microwave just to like heat a heat a bean burrito or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that you have to. She has to just be like spinning her hand into it, like a fin- you, know, you have to like rotate your hand to keep it spinning. <laughs> if you don't, then the whole thing just sets on fire, and you it's like 
<laughs> yeah, I do like I do like the idea though of having those little casual in between scenes where it's just like she's at home and she wants to turn the TV on and she wants to yeah, you know whatever else. I can't find the remote. Oh well whatever. Z- zap it. I <laughs> don't <laughs> uh, know. No, I like it. I like it. And then is there sort of, is there combat stuff and then and then like you just having to take down all these people who are basically running towards you and trying to attack you with yeah, I these think, different I think there's basic combat things. but um it's more blocking and using like electronics to so you you know, you can block a punch and then you know, pull yeah. pull some sort of um, some sort of I don't know microchip controlled. Well, or maybe you've even just got like a taser sort of thing. Oh yep. <laughs> um, because I do like that I, that that um, that combination of you you kind of have to blo- you have to let them get close enough, block an attack, and then like zap them, and they go sort of blasting back. Oh yeah, um, but you don't ne- you don't necessarily have like ranged attacks. The only ranged attacks you've got are taking control of things in the environment. Yeah, I do. I do like the idea of being able to block and then literally cattle prod straight straight into the gut, sort of thing. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah. Just- like I, I think I think you've got on both hands. You've got like built in kind of zappers. Yeah, and so with either hand, you can just like yeah block an attack and then like come across. Then like come across with the other hand. And, you know, hit the A button or whatever, you know, yeah. and, and that sort of blasts you the little taser thing. I, I do like the idea of, of it having a charge. So, you can't just yeah. you know, be going through and bang, 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 bang. And no, I time. think most of the time you're wanting to use the environment. And you've got, a, you, you've got maybe a few attacks before you run out and you have to, yeah, like- Find a charging station a la Half-Life. <laughs> Yes. Well, I think maybe they maybe they even come back after over time, but you need to fend them off in other ways. So I think at first she's going off again, going up against some some typical human opponents, but then yep. as as it goes through, like there's like super soldier sort of things that you're going up against, or or maybe even you know alien sort of invasions, so, yeah, sort of well- like um, sort of like how Marvel, you know gradually builds up to to be something a little bit different. Yeah, I think you raise the stakes for sure. Um I wonder if by the end you are like you're in an area where there there are some sort of robots or autom- automatons and so you've you can really like like there are too many of them you can't just take them all over but you're able to do things like all right, take over that one with the fucking machine gun and spin them around so it just shoots all his own guys. Yeah. T- sort of take control of, of literally the um the commander robot and it, it means that the that the entire army sort of fall, falls in behind him <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there's this great scene at the end you've got this whole bit where it's like you just need to get to that commander uh and then the the final moment is you like taking over that commander and just turning around and this army of like 10,000 robots just turns around in lockstep and faces the bad guy. Yep. He's just like, ah, shit. I'm always picturing, you know, how in all the Sonic games, you know, your Dr. Eggman always came up at the end of each each sort of stage in, um, like, this big robot. 
And I, I think yeah. every time that he turns up, it's just like this this bigger robot. It's like you never sort of learn. You just take control of it. And turn <laughs> you never it on learn. <laughs> yeah, I like that though. But it, but there are weak points. Like the first one. Yeah, the first one he shows up in is just like, uh, I can just take control of that, and you like take control of it and just pull him out. Pull you know the robot pulls. Uh, the bad guy out of itself and just slams them on the ground. It's like, okay, yeah. I win. But then he starts coming up with, okay, now I've got shielding for it, you know, so you can't get through or whatever, but you, so you have to get behind him, uh, and just, you know, turn him around somehow, whack him with the wrecking ball so he turns around and then you can take control of it. Yeah. And they, yeah, they keep getting bigger and it's like, oh, now this one, I, you can only take control of one leg at a time. So you kind of, <laughs> you could like time it right or something. Yeah. I like that though. Yeah, that's really cool. That's cool. Oh, okay. I reckon we can go one more. Yeah, let's do one more. Haircutting. Leash. Leash? Like dog leash? Dog leash. Leash. It doesn't have to be a dog. Let's not no. put ourselves there right away, but let's just for context. All right. Leash and haircutting. Okay. I mean, that does make sense for dogs, but we could think of something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, haircutting games, I feel like we've done a VR haircutting game. Yeah, we've done lots of those. So, that's less- Ooh. That's that's the standard thing. A okay. rare use. A group of three animals, such as hounds, hawks, or foxes. I saw a leash of foxes. Okay. So, I kind of like how that. Do we, how do we do haircutting? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm just wondering- Oh, maybe- Okay, okay. Maybe you're like some sort of um, hunter where this is a world where like the hair of particular creatures has different properties. Oh, yep, 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 yep. And you have a leash of, of foxes that is part of your like hunting. Yeah, you can you can sort you of know. send them out. Yeah. To sort of um, whether it be hounds or or. You know, because yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm sort of liking the idea of a bloodhound sort of thing, being able to yeah. go off and and. Well, and it doesn't even have to be like I'm kind of picturing this as maybe a little bit Monster Hunter, but instead of everything being kind of like dinosaur-like, they're all hairy. Yep. In different ways, um, some have you know really long flowing hair, some have you know spiky different hair, um, curly hair. You've got all the different types of hair and and different. Um, colors, perhaps, or different, or maybe just whatever creature they're from. Yeah, you can you can craft or you can uh, sell them for for different amounts. Some are rarer okay. than others. So the uh, antagonist of the game is like this Fabio esque figure with these long, flowing <laughs> yes. blonde locks, and you know his glistening muscles, totally. and yeah. and he's he's literally, um, you know, trying to. Trying no to one s- does hair better than me. Yeah, and basically he's trying to keep all the all the awesome hair for himself, sort of thing. So that yeah, like I'm just imagining that his golden locks is actually like a wig. Um, yeah, so it's like he, extensions he's actually, that he's you know got male hat baldness, and therefore you know he he's his whole thing is if you if I can't have hair, neither, neither can he's any overcompensating. Of yeah, he's yeah insecure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that's cool. And then you're just this young upstart hair cutter. Yeah, I, I can I can sort of picture that. You know, you start off just going for 
you know, different different sorts of animals. You got the woolly mammoth. You got well, and I think you, you know, start small, even right. Like initially, you've got smaller creatures that you can. So I'm picturing kind of in a, in a gameplay perspective, you've got your leash of hounds, and so you can direct them, and you're like flushing animals out. Like they're helping you to flush animals out, and then you just you've got like nets and things, or like snares, yep. uh, particularly for the smaller animals where. You can catch them, and then you you just come up with your shears, <laughs> yeah, and just like take a big chunk of their hair off, and then you let them go, yeah. Uh, and that's kind of that's kind of the beginning. And then you're out hunting you, one day, and then you come as you back, build up, you come back yeah. to your village, and you see like the Fabio esque figure, just you know, sort of getting getting all the all the villagers into the center and just cutting off all their hair, sort of thing. Oh. That's evil, yeah, okay. Yeah. Because so, does human hair have a particular Well, I, I think it's it's property. like the it's the forbidden um hair that you know, you're not supposed yeah. to actually take control of that. And we can we can have yeah. some sort of thing where you I like know, the idea that they like weave their armor for, for like from it or they yeah, they, they do make wigs from the hair that they gather from these creatures and that's how like these properties are, are kind of applied to a person. Yeah. And and so I kind of like the idea that your your grandmother pulls you aside and says, "Here's a forbidden wig that that um, we have. Maybe you can maybe you can go and and talk to you know the five the five oracles from from my time and see if you can you can get the, the other five pe- follicles. The other- <laughs> <laughs> the, get get the other pieces to this wig so that you can actually um, face off against this person, and so then the rest of, rest of the time is you know you're using animal hair and and getting more powers yeah. from the human hair that you that you. Well, sort of- I think yeah, I think as you go, you know, obviously you start you start hunting larger and larger, larger creatures, but yeah, you're never killing them. No, uh, but you have to do certain moves. Like, I, I love the idea that, the idea that, like, as you start getting to these larger animals, now you're just carrying around this big pair of scissors. And, like, you have to, like, all right, this, this animal's got these, yeah, these, like, long, like, flowing neck hairs, things or something. Like, <laughs> this is what I need to get. And so you need to, like, get up high and sort of parachute down a bit and then drop. And you need to, you know, equip your scissors and just, like, slice through as you fall past or something and grab yep. onto it. You get these different these different moves to basically get access to the hair uh and cut the hair from these creatures. Yeah, I I'm liking almost a Shadow of the Colossus sort of thing where you're going off against this like huge giant where you're just trying to yeah. like cut his arm uh, like cut his <laughs> armpit hair. Arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's like one of the huge set pieces later on. Yeah, I'm sort of thinking if you've ever played like God of War three and and those sort of things with the massive titans. Yeah, yeah, for that, sure. That you end up sort of fighting at some stages. Well, and I just love the idea. Of, <laughs> I love that you know. There's that classic pirate thing where they like jam their knife into a uh, like the sail and slide down. Yep. I'm picturing you doing that on the side of this giant, the flank of this giant beast with with like clippers yeah and just and just shaving this line down the side of them as all this <laughs> hair comes off and then you just gather it up at the bottom and yeah and you've got you've got your prize yeah I, i'm i'm really liking this idea of the um of you know the the hounds are sort of 
um, helping you flush out smaller animals. But as you go, you have to sort of think about, okay, if I'm going to flush out some birds, okay, this time I need my hawks. And then, yeah, depending, depending well, on what you're And I think maybe it comes down to, to maybe, maybe you start, yeah, you're able to flush out different types of animals, but maybe to lure the larger animals, you have to flush out particular types of the smaller animals, which they then will, like, hunt. Like, they will come and try to eat. Uh, so you, so that's sort of how you you manage to lure out, or or you just have to hunt them and and like leave them as a as a trap or a snare or whatever for the larger ones to to lure them out. Yep, and I think definitely like the the final sort of battle is against this Fabio esque figure, <laughs> yeah. um, in which your whole thing is to to start cutting his hair. You know, that's- I love the idea that it's just this like close quarters combat, and you're just having to like try to get behind him. He's just real quick. He's real, real quick. But if you manage to cut like one piece of hair off, then all of a sudden you realise that there is a chance that you can win, and that's when everything sort of turns around. Yeah, yeah. It's this real like, yeah, turning point, climactic moment. Yeah, as you get this, like zooms in on this one strand of hair. Like I'm picturing this sort of slow down anime style, like shunk, and everything slows down, and then you see the blade still going through the air as this little bit of hair comes off. Yep, Fabio's like no, yeah, and yeah. and then kind of like the the gold sheen that's sort of on his hair, sort of just shimmers for a little bit and you know sort of looks as as though the powers uh slightly starts to deaden yeah. slightly deadened yeah maybe like rapunzel his hair turns brunette <laughs> <laughs> turns orange <laughs> yeah he's a ginger <laughs> um yeah i, I kind of do like this idea <laughs> that's cool it's a bit different all right yeah well, I think we'll leave it there. So, if uh, if you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Give us a follow. You'll see new releases and things in your feed. Leave us a rating. We'd love that. Leave us a review. Yep. If you give like what thoughts. you hear, definitely leave us a rating and a review and just get in touch yeah. with us. Get in touch. We are also part of the 8-Bit Network, uh, the 8-Bit Collective, and this is- uh, a group of podcasters who just help each other out and hang out, and we saw them all at PAX, and that was a blast. Uh, you know, did did some stuff up on stage together, different things. So check out 8bit.net uh, and, and take a look at some of those other great podcasts. Yep, we'd also like you to check out the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network, a group of like-minded individuals who just want to help each other out and basically formed a network. We'd also like you to check out... Our band, Kuradust, because they kindly gave us the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Fabio for our start and end music. That's it. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I am Trevor Scott. And I have a lot of hair, which makes me powerful. (laughs) 